Well, good morning. It's wonderful to be with each of you this morning. If you brought your Bibles, find in yours Revelation chapter 13, the 13th chapter in the book of the Revelation. This morning, we want to conclude this chapter. Last week, you may recall our focus was on the number of his name, the number 666. And we learned it is the number of man. Now, why that number for man? Well, man was created on the sixth day. And so we asked, why three sixes? Why not just one? And the answer we gave was a counterfeit trinity. The dragon, the devil, counterfeits God the Father in this chapter. The beast, the Antichrist, counterfeits God the Son. And the false prophet counterfeits God the Holy Spirit. And all three counterfeits are on display in chapter 13. Notice verse 4. They worship the dragon because he gave his authority to the beast. They worship the dragon because he gave his authority to the beast. Listen to what Jesus said in John 5, and you'll see the counterfeit. John 5, 26 and 27, for just as the Father has life in himself, even so he gave to the Son also to have life in himself. Now listen, and he gave him authority to execute judgment because he is the Son of Man. The, dra the dragon, the devil, gave his authority, authority to the beast, and the Father gave his authority to the Son. The word authority plays a prominent role in this book. We have competing authorities, competing governments. Back in Revelation 12 and 10, we read now the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ have come. For the accuser of our brethren has been thrown down, he who accuses them before our God day and night. The accuser of our brethren is the dragon in chapter 12. Return to chapter 13 and, and notice verse 2. And the beast which I saw was like a leopard, and his feet were like those of a bear, and his mouth like the mouth of a lion. And the dragon gave him his power and his throne. Now watch this. And great authority. Look at verses 4 and 5. Uh, they worshiped the dragon because he gave his authority to the beast. And they worshiped the beast, saying, who is like the beast and who is able to wage war with him? There was given to him a mouth speaking arrogant words and blasphemies. Now watch, an authority to act for 42 months was given to him. Uh, notice verse 7. Verse 7, it was also given to him to make war with the saints and to overcome them. And authority over every tribe and people and tongue and nation was given to him. Two more. Look at verses 11 and 12. Then I saw another beast coming up out of the earth, and he had two horns like a lamb, and he spoke as a dragon. He exercises all the authority of the first beast in his presence, and he makes the earth and those who dwell in it to worship the first beast whose fatal wound was healed. He exercises all the authority of the first beast. Who does? Then I saw another beast coming up out of the earth. That word for another means another of the same kind. 
But notice this other beast. Who is he? Well, he's the false prophet. Jesus used this word in describing the Holy Spirit. John 14 and 16, I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper that he may be with you forever. Same word used to describe the false prophet is used to describe the helper, the Holy Spirit. Notice, however, the false prophet's counterfeit in verse 12. This other beast causes the whole earth to worship the first beast. Who causes the world to worship Jesus? John 16 and 8, and he, the Holy Spirit, when he comes, will convict the world. You and I are worshipers of the Lord Jesus Christ this morning because of the convicting work of the Holy Spirit. And we see another counterfeit. Notice verse 15, and it was given to him to give breath to the image of the beast. The devil gave to this other beast, the false prophet, the power to give breath to the beast that died. Look at verse 3. I saw one of his heads as if it had been slain, and his fatal wound was healed. Jesus, we read earlier in this book, was slain. So the question is, who raised Jesus? Romans 8 and 11. But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. So we have the false prophet who has power to raise the dead, raises the first beast, the Antichrist, a counterfeit. How so? Well, Jesus, the second member of the Godhead, of the true true Trinity, died, was slain, and the Holy Spirit raised him from the dead. Do you see why there are three sixes? Because there are three counterfeits. Now, that was last week's lesson. This morning, I want to begin with a prophecy the church in America should proclaim to America. Back in Revelation 10 and 11, we read, You must prophesy again concerning many peoples and nations and tongues and kings. Think about that for a moment. John wrote that 2,000 years ago. You must prophesy again. 2,000 years ago, he said there is a prophecy that must be proclaimed again concerning many peoples and nations and tongues about events that have yet to occur. You know what that means? They They need to be prophesied again and again and again. The word prophecy, prophetuo, the word pro means before, femi to tell. Prophecy here is simply telling something before it happens. The church in America needs to tell America a prophecy that begins in chapter 13 before it happens. I think any of us who have lived in America for even a short while know that what distinguishes us over most nations is the word freedom. In America, we we enjoy the freedom of religion, the freedom to be a Republican, a Democrat, an Independent, and for that matter, no political affiliation at all. The five freedoms we most notably enjoy are the freedom of speech, the freedom of religion, the freedom of press, the freedom of assembly, and the freedom, the right to petition government. The church in America needs to tell America a prophecy, a prophecy that begins 
in chapter 13. Here's what we're going to learn this morning. Beginning in Revelation 13, freedom will be a thing of the past. The freedom of religion will be over. The freedom to be a Republican, Democrat, Independent, or the freedom to be nothing at all will be all over. The freedom of speech will be over. The freedom to assemble will be over. The freedom of the press will undoubtedly be over. Revelation 13 begins to lay the foundation for what the rest of the book entails, competing governments, the government of a counterfeit trinity, and the government of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Revelation 13 begins to lay the framework of a one-world government and a one-world religion with a one-world economic system. I see a one-world religion. Look at verse 8 for a moment, and notice these words. All who dwell on the earth will worship him. All who dwell on the earth will worship him. I don't know about you, but when, when you begin to talk about the subject of worship, how can you without talking about the subject of religion? Why do I say a one-world religion? All who dwell on the earth will worship him. How will this happen? Follow along with me as I introduce us to the Greek word poieo, and I want you to be on the lookout for words and phrases in a few verses. First, glance at verse 12, and I want you to find words to this effect, and he makes the earth poieo. Look at verse 15. And cause as many as do not worship the image of the beast to be killed. And cause as many, poieo. Notice verse 16. He causes all. This future government, this future one world government is not a democracy, folks. It's a dictatorship. The world has known many dictators, but those dictators dictated in a nation. And of course, they did with the hopes of conquering the world, but none ever have. Here, however, we have a one-world dictator that will succeed, a one-world religion. You will worship him. Those who will resist the ruler and refuse to worship him will be subject to execution. Notice verse 15, and cause as many as do not worship the image of the beast to be killed. Does that sound like the freedom of religion to anyone? Today, you have the freedom to be a Christian, a Jew, a Muslim, a Buddhist, a, a Hindu, or, or anything else for that matter. But it will become a thing of the past. Either you worship this false counterfeit trinity, or you, or you are executed. Now, now, why will the whole earth worship this counterfeit trinity? Well, there are many explanations and answers that that could be given. But let me just say, let me just say this, the world will get what they ask for. Notice in verse 11, the false prophet is described as a lamb with two horns. He has two horns, like a lamb. I don't know about you, but when I think of an animal, a lamb, I think of a peaceful, friendly animal. Lambs come across gentle, but notice 
his true character is shown by his voice, the voice of the dragon, the voice of the devil. A Jesus forewarned about this in Matthew 7 and 15, beware of the false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. Despite his deceptively mild appearance, the false prophet is no less a child of hell. And this is evident because he spoke as a dragon, a strange voice for a lamb. Wouldn't you agree? The false prophet, like the Antichrist, notice his mouth in verses 2 and 5. And the beast which I saw was like a leopard, and his feast were were like those of a bear, and his mouth like the mouth of a lion. And the dragon gave him his power and his throne and great authority, mouth like a lion. Verse 5, there was given to him a mouth, speaking arrogant words and blasphemies and authority to act for 42 months. The false prophets often appear meek, mild, and harmless. Take Joel Olstein. He is a prime example of a lamb with two horns. Joel Olstein comes across very gentle, very sweet, very kind. But his words are the voice of the devil. That they offer hope and solutions to the problems troubling men and women but they damned them to an eternity without God because of their voice. The false prophet will come like a lamb, speaking false, deceptive words of comfort. He will promise the suffering, tormented people of the world that all will be well if only they will worship him. Remember, the wrath of the lamb is being poured out. We have already seen the seven seals open. The seven trumpet judgments have been blown. Half the world's population has been killed. All that has happened to agriculture, water, animal, economy. And he will promise them that he's their solution. Just worship me. Follow me. Let me just say that the world will get what they ask for. Now, now, why did I say that earlier, and why did I say that again? 2 Timothy 4 and 3, For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching, but having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions. People, if they are willing to be honest, want to hear what they want to hear. And they become easy prey for a lamb with two horns that speaks demonic words. I see the false prophet, another beast, as a counterfeit. And here is how. John 15 and 26, when the helper comes. Remember, the false prophet is likened to uh, the third member of the Godhead. Uh, The Antichrist, the beast, is likened to the Son of God. The dragon, the devil, is likened to God the Father. So so why do I see here another connection of a counterfeit trinity with the false prophet and the Holy Spirit? John 15 and 26, when the Helper comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, that is the Spirit of truth, who proceeds from the Father. Now listen, he will testify about me. 
The Holy Spirit speaks to the hearts of men and women to come to Christ from the word of God. The false prophet speaks to the hearts of men to follow Antichrist. Do you know why many are fooled religiously? They pay far more attention to the demeanor of the man than the doctrine of the man. Now, now one thing we learn is a one-world government and a one-world religion are inseparable because they have but one aim. Control the world so the world will be controlled by this counterfeit trinity. In our political system, you are either a Republican, Democrat, or an independent. All independents will be gone. You will cease to be what you choose to be. You will cease to be identified the way you choose to be identified. Look at verse 16. And he causes all, the small and the great, and the rich and the poor, and the free man and the slaves, to be given a mark on their right hand or on their forehead. Many groups in verse 16, but notice the word mark. It's in the singular. Everyone is lumped together. All independence is gone. The freedom to be what you want or to be classified as what you think you are will be over, and it will be replaced with one mark for all people. If you and I this morning decide to buy a new car, a new suit, we have the freedom to do so, but not so in verse 17. He provides, he provides, keep those two words in your thoughts, he provides that no one will be able to buy or to sell except the one who has the mark, either the name of the beast or the number of his name. Ever wonder how this could possibly be enforced, that no one is going to be able to buy and sell? Currency will probably vanish. No more rich. So their gold and their silver and their all their real estate will be meaningless. Gold will be worthless. Cash will be useless. Why? Well, you can't buy unless you have the mark. It's the mark that buys, not your, not your money. Let's talk about that word, Mark. The word mark comes from the word ha-ragma, meaning to engrave. The term was used for images or names of the emperor of Roman coins. Do, do you realize how organized a simple barcode on your credit card is worldwide? If you don't pay your bills and you go to make a purchase, your card is declined right on the spot, anywhere, anytime. In all likelihood, the tribulation will have controlled credit. Only instead of a credit card, which can be lost, people will have a mark, possibly a barcode, in their forehead or hand, representing either a name or the number, both of which are inextricably linked together. Some people will be walking around during the great tribulation with the number of his name, 666. Whether the name is engraved or the number, the two are one and the same, and they will be able to buy and sell and eat and go to the hospital. And other people will be walking around with Jesus written across their forehead, and they won't eat, won't buy, won't sell. And when they go to the emergency room, no medicine for you. Scanning people's foreheads or hands would identify them perhaps to a central computer system worldwide. Life will be virtually unlivable. 
the pressure to give in to the worship of Antichrist will be far worse than anything ever experienced in human history. A taste was given in the middle of the last century. A man who had lived under Bulgaria's communist regime remarked, you cannot understand and you cannot know that the most terrible instrument of persecution ever devised is an innocent ration card. You cannot buy and you cannot sell except according to that little innocent card. If they please, you could be starved to death. And if they please, you could be disposed of everything you have. For you cannot trade and you cannot buy and you cannot sell without permission. Freedom is gone. And we tend to think only those without the mark of the beast will suffer I want to get just a little ahead of us in our verse-by-verse -verse series in this book. Just turn over to Revelation 14 and allow me to read verses 9 through 11. We'll spend a little more time on this when we get here, but I want to make a connection between what we're learning and these three verses. Revelation 14 and 9, then another angel, a third one, followed them, saying with a loud voice, if anyone worships the beast in his image and receives a mark on his forehead, or on his hand, he also will drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which is mixed in full strength in the cup of his anger, and he will be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the Lamb. And the smoke of their torment goes up forever and ever. They have no rest day and night, those who worship the beast and his image and whoever receives the mark of his name. We tend to think only those without the mark of the beast will suffer. Not so, not so after reading those three verses. Why did I bring them together? Because people will face a choice. People face a choice this morning. Reject the mark and suffer at the hands of the beast. Accept the mark and suffer at the hands of God. The choice will be to decide which is worse to suffer temporary wrath of the beast, but receive the eternal favor of God, or receive the temporary favor of the beast and suffer the eternal wrath of God. And may I make a brief observation as a side note, in light of all that we've been learning? And we've been basically learning the same thing from chapter 6, right on to where we are, and that is this. The world will never be a better place. We hear a lot about making the world a better place. Now, this chapter is clearly about the future, and it makes crystal clear that any thought of a world getting better and better through Christian effort and gospel preaching is not supported in the Bible. Instead, the final form of world religion will be apostate, satanic and blasphemous. There are many indications today that the world is already heading in this direction. Freedom is already slipping through our fingers. And do you know what this tells us? The coming of the Lord may be right at the door. Do you know what I think? I think we need to tell again and again, all freedom will be gone. 
I think we need to tell America, flee from the wrath to come. Flee from that hour that is about to come on the whole earth. Repent and believe the gospel. And Jesus says this to you, John 8 and 36. So if the Son makes you free, you will be free indeed. Do you know how to be free? Do you know how to flee from the wrath to come? Repent and believe the gospel. The word repent means to change your mind. Change your mind about what you believe, who you believe, and how you behave. Who do you say Jesus is? Peter answered that question correctly. He is the Christ, the Messiah, the Son of the living God. And therefore, if he's the Son of the living God, he is God in human flesh. He is the God-man, born of a virgin, lived the sinless life, died on a cruel cross for your sins, rose again on the third day, and he's coming again. And we have to change what we believe about the gospel. Repent and believe the gospel. The word gospel is used in a lot of circles. I've learned one thing about Christendom. Same vocabulary, different dictionary. The biblical dictionary on the gospel is that we are saved by grace, not by works. Let me prove that to you. James says, if you keep the whole law and stumble in one point, 613 laws, if you keep the whole law and stumble in one point, you are guilty of all. Kind of sounds like James is advocating perfection. He is. Jesus said, be perfect as your Father in heaven is perfect. Can't get to the can't get to heaven by being perfect. First of all, we're all born with sin. Second of all, if we're honest, we all continue to sin. We need grace that saves. We, we need someone who is perfect. We need the perfect for the imperfect, the just for the unjust, the righteous for the unrighteous. Jesus Christ died for you. So repent and change what you believe about the gospel. But it's not enough to just change about what you believe. Repentance is a call to change how you behave. Revelation 9, 20, and 21, the rest of mankind who were not killed by these plagues did not repent of the works of their hands so as to not worship demons and the idols of gold and of silver and of brass and of stone and of wood, which can neither see nor hear nor walk. Now listen, verse 21, and they did not repent of their murders nor of their sorceries, nor of their immorality, nor of their thefts. I want you to know something. There are lambs with two horns out there that have removed repentance from the gospel. They've removed the need to change your behavior. They're false prophets. I hope today's message taught us something. More importantly, I hope that someone's life has been changed from it. You don't want to be alive at this time. You want to be in heaven at this time. You want to be rapture ready before this event ever occurs. So repent and believe the gospel. May God bless his word and may God bless you.